Well, good morning, Southview. How are we? Happy Mother's Day. So glad to have you all with us here today um, on this wonderful day. Again, Mother's Day, but uh, as we gather together, boy, we are, yes, we love our moms and we celebrate our moms, but it's so good to come here together with um, all of our ladies and worship our amazing God and Savior, Jesus Christ. So it's so good to have you with us. Hey, as we jump in this morning, I've got uh, a few big announcements for us. Number one is this. If you're a guest, welcome. Thank you so much for being here today. Uh, maybe you were just planning to come anyway, and so it just so happens today is a day. Or maybe Ma, you're here because mom wanted just one nice day, right? Whatever the reason. We're glad that you're here. If you're a guest with us, we'd love to connect with you. And the best way you can do that is simply text the word CONNECT to our number on the screen, uh, 910-424-1298. Just simply text CONNECT. Uh, that's the best way for us to uh, be uh, uh, connected with you so we can know who you are and how best to pray for you. Uh, but then also we have three big announcements we want everyone to know today. Three big things that are coming up. Uh, first is this, Vacation Bible School. Again, our VBS this year is going to be June 7th through the 11th. We're getting extremely close to that. Uh, you can go out this uh, door right here and sign up for t-shirts if you like you or your child to have a t-shirt. Then also, we need you to register your kids. And so you can do that as well through our number, 910-424-1298. Just simply text VBS, and that will uh, direct you to the link to sign your kids up. Second big announcement. Range Day. Our military ministry is hosting a range day. Uh, this is open for all uh, members of our church, even kids, as long as the, uh, uh, your uh, parent is with you. A child is allowed to come and be a part of it as well. Uh, but our military ministry is hosting a range day. And so you're going to get some, if you uh, need some, some firearm safety, some training, that sort of thing. And then also just a lot of fun blowing stuff up. So it's going to be a great day. We're going to have some uh, uh, lunch provided for you and a the devotion uh, pointing us to Jesus Christ. So sign up for that again by texting RANGE, R-A-N-G-E, RANGE, to 910-424-1290. And last announcement for you, baptism. We're going to have a baptism service May 23rd. Uh, if you're ready to follow up in Believer's Baptism in the Lord, uh, you can text BAPTISM to 910 Four two four one two nine eight, And for all the other announcements that we have, anything else going on, download our church app, uh, the Southview app. You can do that at iTunes or Google Play. Through that, you're going to be able to give online, find a journey group, uh, download the sermon notes, previous worship services, um, find any other announcements, all those sorts of things through the app. So download the app and use that to stay as connected as possible. But for today... Being Mother's Day, I want to read a scripture to us as we begin our time together. It's a scripture that you may be familiar with if you've been around church on Mother's Day very much. Proverbs 30, verse 31. It says, Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. What we're going to be jumping into later today is um, God's definition of womanhood, what it means to be a woman, and uh, what a gift it is, a perfect creation of God you are is to be a woman. And, and this scripture, I think it's so amazing. Uh, this verse, Proverbs 31, uh, if you're familiar with that, it's uh, a scripture that talks about um, a, a biblical woman. But I, what I love about Proverbs 31 is this. You know who wrote Proverbs 31? Solomon's mom. His mom said, all right, look, there's some things you're going to need to know. And so she writes out in Proverbs 31, here are people to avoid. Here are the kind of ladies you don't want to be hanging out with. Here are things you want to be thinking about when it comes to your money and your resources, right? She's writing out a list for her son. And then as a good mom, she says, all right, and here are the things you want to be looking for in a wife. Doesn't that bring Proverbs 31 to a whole different light? A lot of times we think of Proverbs 31 on a Mother's Day as, um, all right, ladies, here's who you're supposed to be. Okay. But doesn't it make it completely different when, what a perfect Mother's Day passage, it's a mom writing to her son, hey, here's in my life, in my experience, what I've seen, what I've been around, women that I know, here's what you're going to want to look for, and here's what you're not going to want to look for. And she caps all of this off to her son with verse 30. Saying, son, listen, 
She may be charming, but that might be hiding something underneath. And she may have outer beauty, but there comes a day where that starts to fade. But a woman who knows, loves, and fears God, she is to be praised, and she is the kind of woman that you want to spend the rest of your life with. And so for you ladies here today, I want to encourage you. This world is pushing all kinds of things at you from charm and beauty perspective. What we want to do as a body of Christ is to encourage you in the right way. Here's the kind of women that are to be praised. Not the ones that can rack up the most Instagram followers or, or the ones who um, can uh, make uh, you know, society pay attention. Ones who are to be praised are the ones who know, love, serve, and fear God alone. So I want to ask you to just bow our heads just for a moment. I want to start our time here today praying in this way. So Lord, I, I ask for us here this morning, for our ladies, yes, but then also for, for there are guys as well. Um, a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Same is true for guys. So Lord, I pray for all of us here in this room right now, God, that as we stand here in a moment, as we sing, we're going to do that as people who are turning our thoughts, our attentions, our hopes to you. We're not looking for anything in this world, charm or beauty or money or prestige or friendship or any of those things to, to give us value and worth and meaning. We see that it is just you and you alone. So we're going to spend time here this morning as a group just individually and then joining our voices together, turning our hearts, our minds, our voices, our attention to you, God, and just lifting you up. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for the great things you're doing in us in this place. Bless our time here this morning. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand. Let's worship together. Amen. Good morning, church. We're going to learn a new song today, and the name of the song is The Reason. And it's about Jesus, the Christ, obviously, that he is the reason why we live, why we sing, why we pray, why we hope. He's the reason why we persevere, why we believe. So I pray that you would just join us as we lift up the name of Christ for all the world to hear that there is nothing, there is nothing in this world that matters more than Christ. Let's sing. There's a reason I can sing. There's a reason for this life inside me. One name above all names, Jesus. Yes, it's Jesus. There's a reason for this soul. There's a reason for this peace that I know.
when my time on earth is through, when my final breath has left these lungs, I'll forever be with you.
God, because of who you are, Lord, I pray one thing today for these, your people, for everybody in this room, whether they know Christ or not. God, would you give us the ability to worship you? Or would you cause us to repent? Would you cause us to fall on our knees and cry holy? Would your spirit inhabit this place in a way that we've never experienced for your glory? God, I pray that you would call the lost home that you would strengthen the saints. That as we sing these words of praise to you, that you would open our hearts to hear the words that, that you have laid on Brad's heart. I pray those words would affect change in our lives. God, I pray we would simply see you for who you are. And we would simply worship in Christ's name.
settling in, I want to I want to take a little time and uh, and keep praying for us. OK. Um, and I want to circle back around to that scripture that we looked at earlier, Proverbs, Proverbs 3130. And before we jump in and spend any time with the scriptures, I want to I want us to spend some time together. Praying. And. And I want us to focus in on this, and I want us to spend a little time this morning praying specifically for you as ladies. So as we jump into the scriptures here in just a moment, we're going to look at biblical womanhood and what that means and looks like. But, but for us here, understanding, again, um, this world, uh, there are few things that are attacked more ferociously than uh, the truths of what it means to be a biblical man and a biblical woman and so we want to make sure that we um, push in in strong prayer where um, where that is needed and I think this is one of those spots and so I want to take a little time here this morning and I want to pray specifically in this way again so Proverbs thirty-one thirty: charm is deceitful and beauty is vain but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised so with that I want to ask you just bow your heads just for a moment and I want to spend a little time praying. And, and I want to pray specifically for you, ladies. I want to pray that God would empower you to walk in what is true beauty. I pray, Lord, for our ladies here. Um, God, I know that they are constantly being harassed by the enemy and this world as to what it means to be a woman and how they are to live as women. So, Lord, I pray, one, for our ladies here this morning, God, that they would, by your grace, God, if need be, they would repent and turn from trying to depend on things like charm and outer beauty. But God, I pray that you would show them, God, the, the power, the, the, the grace, just the, the fulfillment, the joy that comes from just being settled in you. I pray, God, your blessings on our ladies. I pray, God, that you would empower them, Lord, again, to walk in the fullness of, of who you have created them to be and what it means to be a woman. Bless them, Lord. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Hey, if you have a Bible, let's find the book of Genesis together. We want to continue on with this idea. So on Mother's Day and Father's Day, um, oftentimes what I do is instead of focusing specifically on moms or dads, I kind of pull back a little bit and, um, and try to give us a little bit of a... Uh, State of the Union address on biblical manhood and womanhood. Because, again, I believe there are few truths attacked more harshly in our world today than what it just means to be a man or a woman. Gender, sexuality, manhood, womanhood, it's just ferociously attacked. In fact, um, I'll give you a, an example of how wonky and crazy the world has gotten when it comes to just gender and what it means to be a man or be a woman. You realize Facebook, uh, if you have a Facebook account, Currently, right now, you have over 80 different options for gender on Facebook. See, you foolishly thought there were just two. Silly you. Thankfully, the geniuses at Facebook have discovered over 80 that you can choose from. And they're adding to that number constantly. And what's happening here, again, is there is this all-out assault trying to get us to reject and redefine what it just means for us here today to be a woman, right? And the world comes at us in so many different ways. Many believe that in order for you to really uh, uh, embrace the fullness of what it means to be a woman, you have to uh, really kind of uh, embrace sort of a, a man, to, to diminish the distinctions of what it means to be a man and a woman, to, to, to shrink back from what makes you unique as a woman. Um, Gloria Steinem, um, uh, feminist activist, says some of us are becoming the men we wanted to marry. 
others in our society are flipping kind of the other direction. Instead of trying to diminish the distinctions between men and women, they accentuate sinfully the differences between men and women and try to um, uh, uh, lean into sexuality and try to embrace that as what it really means to be a woman. If you just want an example of this, just turn on every reality show on television. Right? I mean, why you women watch that stuff, you realize they're just making fun of you, right? I mean, they're just making fun of you. Every single one, the women are intentionally shown to be catty, jealous, and over-sexualized. They're just mocking you. Or you can come inside the church, and, and it gets just as goofy. Because a lot of ladies in the church, well, what it means to be a woman is to... Um, uh, 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 present yourself as to be the perfect wife, the perfect mom, the perfect Christian, and you just kind of sink under the weights of all of that. But what we want to do today, just for a couple of minutes, is again, just to kind of lean into what does the Bible teach about what it means to be a woman? And we want you to embrace uh, biblical femininity, biblical womanhood, because we believe in that you are going to finally experience the true freedom that can only come from Jesus Christ and the way he created you to be, all right? So, with that, let's jump in together. Genesis chapter 2 is where we're going to be. Genesis chapter 2, and we're going to pick it up in verse 18, all right? So, Genesis 2, verse 18. Then the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. Now, out of the ground, the Lord God had formed every beast of the field and every bird of the heavens and brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And whatever the man called every living creature, that was its name. The man gave names to all livestock and to the birds of the heavens and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helper fit for him. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man. And while he slept, took one of his ribs and closed up its place of flesh. And the rib that the Lord God had taken from the man, he made into a woman and brought her to the man. Then the man said, this at last is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife and they shall become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. All right, so here's what we want to do. We want to kind of jump into this and I want to show you five big ideas from the creation story with women that I think can give us a little bit of a foundation as to how God has created you as a woman and what that means for us. All right, so first is this. First big idea. Women were created as a blessing. You are a blessing from God. In Genesis verse, uh, chapter 2, verse 18, it says, The Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. So let's kind of do a little work into Genesis 1 and Genesis 2, all right? So God creates, right? And after he created, after he created um, the light and, and, and separated uh, water and dry ground and the stars and, and all those things, after every day of creation, what did God say? He looked on his creation and he said, It is good. Right? It is good, it is good, it is good, it is good, it is good. Six times, everything that he created, it was good. However, the very first time we see God looking at his creation and saying, this is not good, is when a man doesn't have a wife. God looked at that and said, that guy's going to need help, he's going to hurt himself. Right? This is not good. It is not good that man should be alone. And it's interesting also, so then after, if you go back into Genesis, so Genesis 1 and 2, kind of the way it works is Genesis 1 gives you sort of the big 30,000 foot view of creation. And then Genesis 2 drops down just into day 6 and gives you a little more detailed understanding of how God created humanity, right? So that's how Genesis 1 and 2 play out together. If you go back into the Genesis 1 account of creation, so God says, it's good, it's good, it's good, it's good. Man's by himself, not good. God creates woman, and as soon as he creates woman, he says, now it is, you know what he says? Very good. Right? He creates man, he's like, that's good. He creates woman, he's like, oh yeah. Very good. Nailed it. 
here's the interesting thing. So we're going we're gonna to see how all of this comes together with God creating Eve. But, but what we want to see and understand is God did it this way to show that women are meant to be a blessing. When God gave Eve to Adam, he said, this is very good. And the same is true for us. Proverbs 18.22 says, he who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. Ladies, disavow yourself of the myth that the Bible, that biblical Christianity, that conservative evangelicalism um, pushes down women and thinks less of women. And, and that is not true. That is not what the Bible teaches. That's not what God says. That's not what anyone who actually believes the Bible believes. God created women in such a way so that, that we can see they are a blessing from God. Ladies, every one of you. If you're married, if you're single, if you have kids, if you don't have kids, if you're younger, if you're older, it doesn't matter. God created you, and you are a blessing from him. Uh, second, if you were to keep on going in verse 18, look at the second thing I want you to see. Women were created as a perfect fit. Right? So, verse 18 says, it's not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. Right, so then in the verses following, 19 through 22, he goes through this process. So he says, all right, it's not good this guy's by himself. He needs help. Let's create someone who is a good fit for him. So he sends Adam on this task to go out through all the land, seeing and naming all the animals, searching for the one who's going to be the right fit. Right, so can you imagine this? Adam is sitting there. All the animals are coming by. He's like, elephant. I hope that's not it. Right? Aardvark, porcupine. Oh, God, please, no. Right? So he goes through this whole process. He doesn't find a helper suitable. And so what does God do? God causes this deep sleep to fall upon Adam. Uh, God takes the rib out from Adam and from the rib creates and forms Eve. All of that is important. None of that is just like, don't read that story and just go, okay, da, da, da. all of that is significant. It is significant that God sent Adam on this quest to find a helper fit for him. God did not send Adam on that quest because God didn't know that creating woman was going to be the best option. God didn't send Adam on that quest because God wasn't sure if maybe antelope was going to be the right one. So he's just waiting to find out if Adam thought so. God did not do it that way because he didn't know Eve was going to be the best fit. God did it that way so that Adam would know Eve was going to be the best fit. And notice the way God created Eve. He didn't create Eve the way he created Adam. Adam came out of dirt. Eve was formed from the rib. He intentionally took something from Adam, forming Eve, so that it's a perfect fit. This is exactly what God is trying to show us here. Ladies, you were created as the perfect fit. God knew what he was doing. His design was perfect. And the reason oftentimes men and women, husbands and wives, don't feel like the right fit is not because God made a mistake. It's because we're not living out our correct role. Listen, I love to golf and I love to fish. But I can't golf with my fishing pole or fish with my golf clubs. Right? Everything has a purpose. My wife, she's our... the 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 master decorator for our house. And so um, I, I come in, and a, house, and a room is a different color, and, 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 and uh, you know, furniture's moved around. There are new pictures on the wall. And so, so my wife, she loves to, to decorate. However, it's interesting. Um, she rarely actually uses a hammer to, 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 to hang something on the wall. Is this the correct thing? Yeah, she's going to grab whatever random object is around her, Right? Doesn't matter what it is, pot, pan, small child walking by, anything, right? And so, so, uh, so some friends of ours um, uh, bought her her own little pretty hammer. It's like, you need an actual hammer. Here, this is your pretty hammer. Keep it, use it. Whenever, if you've ever done a task, done a job, done a whatever, having the correct tool makes everything work, doesn't it? You ever not had the right tool for a job? You had to figure out how to do it? It takes 10 times longer, doesn't it? When you could just go, God, if I just had 
the right tool. This is done in 30 seconds. Understanding the right fit and what things were created to do changes everything. And this is the way God is trying to explain it to us on this, all right? Women and men were created on purpose and by design to fit together in the right way. When we live according to our biblically called and defined roles. What messed up Adam and Eve? When you get to Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 2, it ends, man, they're naked, not ashamed. Life is rocking. Chapter 3 comes in. What happens? Sin comes into the world, but why does sin come into the world? Because both Adam and Eve set aside their God-given roles. Adam's role was to lead, love, protect. Eve's role was to help and serve. They got them mixed up. Adam stood off to the side and did nothing. Eve said, if somebody's going to do something, it's going to be me. And then literally all hell broke loose. Understanding your role, understanding your fit changes everything. So he creates Eve perfectly from Adam, creating them in the right fit. Ladies, you are the perfect fit. What's going to cause you to feel unfit is when you listen to the world instead of God. Trust him and what he's telling you. Uh, third, I want you to see this. Third, women were created as a gift from God. I love this. You are a gift, an absolute treasure and gift. Look at the way we see this happening. So after God creates Eve, here's what he does in verse 22. And the rib that the Lord God had taken from the man, he made into a woman and brought her to the man. So literally what happens is God creates Eve brings her to Adam and presents her to him. Um, so if you go to weddings, a lot of what we do in weddings actually comes from the Bible. The reason the father of the bride walks the bride down the aisle and presents her to her soon-to-be husband is Genesis 2.22. It literally just comes from the Bible. right? So all of this comes together. God creates Eve. And presents her as this amazing, glorious gift. So think about a dad presenting his daughter in marriage. So, so I've got two daughters. I've got two sons and two daughters. And the truth is, for me, and this may not be for everyone, but for me, right, you love all your kids the same, right, equally. But it's just different with guys and girls. Like when my boys get married, I'm going to be excited for them. Right? I'm proud of you. Right? Man, I'm just I'm happy for the, the man you turned out to be. This is great. I'm excited for you. Yes. When my daughters get married, I'm going to need medication. <laughs> right? We're going to stand in the back of that church, and that door is going to open up, and she's going to be on my arm. And I'm going to look at her one more time, and I'm going to say, baby, we ain't got to do this. Right? I mean, like, I don't care what any of these people think. Like, we'll walk away right now. And we're going to walk down that aisle. I'm going to look down and I'm going to see that pervert standing there waiting on her. I, I already don't like him. Um, he might be one of your sons. I'm not going to like him either. And I'm going to come down and I'm going to just like God did for Eve, I'm going to, right, the whole idea, this is all Genesis 2 imagery here, present my daughter as a gift to her husband. And so, two things. One, ladies, understand, let the truth of this settle in your hearts. God created you as a gift. This was his thought, this was his design, this was his purpose. You are a gift. And for gentlemen, understand, your wife and then any other woman that's in your life was created and given as a gift, as a blessing. Someone who is special. Someone who isn't to be taken advantage of or taken for granted, but seen as a precious valuable, treasured gift. 
young ladies, if you're dating someone and they don't view you as that, break up with them. Like right now, I'll give you time. Go ahead. <laughs> right? Turn. It's not you. It's, okay, it is totally you, right? It is, it is all you. Because if he doesn't view you as a gift today, that doesn't magically change when you say, I do. Right? He, he, it doesn't like click all of a sudden. He's like, oh, it all makes sense now. Doesn't work that way. Doesn't work that way. You're a gift. You're a treasure. God created you as this. God sees you as this. And believe by faith that that is exactly who you are. So then it keeps on going. Um, it's interesting. So God brings Eve to Adam in verse 22. In verse 23, um, Adam breaks out into a song. It doesn't rhyme in English. It rhymes in Hebrew. Um, which is why to this day, girls love musicians. It's from creation, from the very beginning. So God presents Eve. Adam breaks out into this song. And then we get verse 24. Women were created to help men grow up. Look at verse 24. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. I want you to see this. In order for here in verse 24. Now, did, did Adam have a mom and a dad? I see you're nervous. You're like, uh, 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 no, right, no. Right, he did not have a mom and a dad. So this isn't about Adam. He's setting out here a principle. This isn't about something just for Adam. Adam, time to leave mommy and daddy. Adam doesn't have one. He's setting out a principle for all men to follow. He says, therefore, when this is right, a man is going to leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife. The idea is there comes a point in marriage, and marriage does this. This is why I say women help men grow up. There comes a point where it's, I'm now standing on my own. I am no longer living under the shadow or on the insurance, that's just free, of my parents. But I am turning, and I am now responsible for my own family. And I don't think it's happen chance that as you look just sociologically, the age that um, young men are getting married. That age is getting older and older and older and older and older. And I don't think it's coincidence that as the age of men getting married gets older and older and older, the maturity level of men drops, 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 drops. Can we agree that 25-year-old men today aren't the same as 25-year-old men 20 years ago? Just a different animal now. It's like, listen, dude, move out of mom's house and quit playing video games. Get a J-O-B, bro. Do something with your life. And that's why in Genesis 2.24, God in all of his wisdom said, all right, guys, here's what I need for you to do. I'm going to need you to leave mom and dad, get your wife, hold fast to her, take care of her now. Grow up. Grow up. And ladies, you help men do this. Now, let me help you ladies just for a second. How do you help men do that? Let me tell you this. Not the way you think. I'm going to read the scripture to you. 1 Peter 3, 1 and 2. It's not going to be on the screen, but just listen. 1 Peter 3, 1 and 2. Likewise, wives, be subject to your own husbands, so that even if some do not obey the word, they don't follow God, they don't fear God, they're not Christians, even if some do not obey the word, they may be one without a word by the conduct of their wives when they see your respectful and pure conduct. So it uses um, uh, the real S word there in verse 1, submit. And so let me chat about this for a second. All right? uh, biblical submission is not, biblical submission is not accepting abuse. Biblical submission is not thinking that women are in some way inferior to men. That is not biblical submission. Biblical submission is placing yourself under the leadership of your husband because 
you trust God and ultimately desire to walk by faith in Christ. Submission has very little to do with your husband and has way more to do with God. You don't submit because your husband's awesome. You submit because God is awesome. So you're trusting him, not necessarily trusting little h him, right? And this tells us why you should do that. What happens as a result? Ladies, you are a valuable, valuable weapon in the life of your husband. You can play an unbelievable role in the spiritual development of your husband. But you have to do it the way God tells you to. You can't take the, 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 the task and then create your own way of accomplishing it. God has created a very specific route for this to go. And verses 1 and 2 explain what that is. Likewise, wives, be subject to your own husbands, so that even if some do not obey the word, they may be won without a word by the conduct of their wives, as they see your respectful and pure conduct. The result of submitting, of respecting, of honoring, of caring for, of serving your husband is that he will be one without even a word being spoken. The word one means to, to gain. You gain them. You gain them to the kingdom. You gain them to maturity in Christ. You gain them to yourself and have a, a, a husband that's going to be able to love you in a deeper and profound way. You gain them, and it's without a single word being spoken, but it's instead by your chaste, pure, humble, gracious conduct. Your husbands are not one through your lectures or your leadership. Your husbands are only one by the Holy Spirit when you allow him to do his job. If your husband has a problem with Jesus, move out of the way so Jesus can actually talk to him. Let God do the work. You ever been in a situation where someone's trying to talk to you, but you can't hear what they're saying because someone behind you is talking too loud? You ever been in a restaurant, right, and you're trying to have a conversation with someone at the table, but the table behind you is so loud, you're leaning in, you can't hear anything? Ladies, for some of you, that's God and your husband. He's leaning in trying to hear, but you're so loud over his shoulder, he can't hear God. And what you're going to have to kind of come to grips with is this. What's more important to you? You winning an argument or God winning your husband? What's the more important thing? And I believe, truly, you're going to say in your heart, well, God winning my husband. Amen. And you were given by God to your husband to see that happen. But we have to go at it the way that God has told us to. And you can do that. I have no doubt. And then verse 25. Women were created to live free. So this creation account ends in Genesis 2.25 when it says, The man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. Before sin entered into the world, Adam and Eve were, were naked and not ashamed. In other words, there was no guilt, no condemnation, no division, no barriers, no conflict. Right? They, it's, it's describing perfect unity. But then chapter 3 comes along, sin enters into the world and in their relationship. And it's, it's, it's significant, and I want you to see this. The very first real-world implication of sin was division between a husband and a wife. It's the very first thing that happened. Sin comes into the world, immediate conflict and division between Adam and Eve. But God did not intend that to be so. And for many ladies, just like Eve, when sin entered into the world, first thing she did, Genesis is going to say, she sewed together fig leaves covered up herself and hid herself from her husband and from God. And ladies, there are many, many, many women. I think this happens for women more than men. Because women um, um, are feelers, sometimes you can feel so deeply that it's tough to get over the feelings of guilt and condemnation, shame. And that stuff just builds and builds and builds and builds and builds. And a lot of women are still today hiding in guilt and shame. My sisters in Christ, what I want you to hear is that Jesus Christ came and died and rose again so that you don't have to live in that anymore. 
You don't have to live in guilt or shame. Right? You don't have to flip through social media. By the way, just whatever anyone says on social media, that's not real life. Just know, right? It's not reality. Their relationship isn't really that good. Trust me, they're my 2 o'clock appointment tomorrow. Right? It's not, it's not that good. Okay? But what happens is that stuff gets stuck into our hearts. And we think, well, I'm not that good in my, I'm not that good of a mom and I'm not that good of a wife. And my, good, my house isn't like that. And listen, their house doesn't look like that. Right? But we live in this guilt and this shame. And we allow this to heap up on us and heap up on us. And it keeps us even more hidden and more afraid. And we keep even more uh, of our friends and family and church at an arm's length. I mean, how many women have you met in your life who say, you know, I just really struggle having relationships with other women? Why do you think that's so prevalent? I think possibly, not knowing every individual situation, a lot of it has to do with so many women living in guilt and shame. It's just easier to keep it at a distance. That is not what Jesus Christ came to do for you. Which brings me to my last point. Women were created to need Jesus. Ladies, you were created to need a man, but not in the way you think. You were created to need Jesus. Uh, So every movie tailored towards women has the exact same plot line, right? They all end with uh, this man coming in at the last minute being the hero, right? Swooping in at the last second, rescuing them, completing them, taking care of them. And oddly enough, the Bible has the exact same plot line. But in the Bible, the hero is Jesus. And Jesus comes in to rescue you, complete you, and take care of you. Acts 412 says, and there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Ladies, as you see this world and as you kind of put up a mirror and see your own hearts, what I want you to see is Jesus Christ came and he came and he died and he rose again to set you free and make you new. To create in you a brand new heart giving you brand new desires, take away shame and guilt, empower you to live in the way that he has created you to be, to live in ways that glorify him and honor him and are a blessing to those around you, your husband, your kids, your friends, whatever. Jesus Christ came so that that was finally possible. This is his call for you. This is his desire for you. So I want to ask you today, we're going to end slightly different. I'm going to ask our band to come up. And, and I'm going to ask all of our ladies to stand. All right? Um, whether you're 9 or 90, uh, a mom, not a mom, single, married, whatever. Ladies, just stand. I'm not going to make you come up front, but just stand right where you are. All right? Great. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Here's how it wants to end today. And our band's going to play. We're all going to stand here in just a minute and sing together. But I want to take some time this morning, and I just want to pray over you. I just want to pray for you. Uh, you, uh, You step out into a world, again, that ferociously tries to attack and calls itself good for doing so. You live in a world that's trying to, quote, unquote, set you free, but all they're really doing is adding more bondage. And what I want to pray for you here this morning is that you, by the Holy Spirit's empowerment, will see who he truly has created you to be, that Jesus Christ comes and makes you new, and that through empowerment in him, you can live a life that truly brings him glory and is a blessing for you and those around you. So ladies, if you can just bow your heads for me, I want to pray. As we close here, we're going to sing a song where we're proclaiming to God that that you're giving him your heart.
And ladies, is, is there anything that you protect more in your life than your heart? You don't want to get hurt. You don't want to feel rejection. So you protect your heart. Now, and what I want to encourage you with today is God is the only one who can truly be trusted with your heart. And that includes your husband. Marie, she trusts God with her heart way more than she trusts me. Because I'm still a fallen man and I'm going to say and do some really dumb things. So she trusts God with her heart. I want to encourage you for the same thing. allow fear, pride, or wounds from your past to cause you to hold anything back from Him. Trust God with your whole heart today and let Him empower you to live as the woman, the woman of God that He created you to be. So Lord, I just pray for our ladies here this morning. God, I thank you for them. God, they are blessings, they are gifts, they are the absolute perfect fit have given them to us to pray for us and encourage us as men to grow us up in you your desire is that they would live free from sin guilt, shame, failure condemnation so Jesus Christ you came to make them new I pray God for every woman in this room right now that they would experience the new life that only you give they would see you for who you truly are and as a result they can now see themselves for who you created them to be and live that out for your glory bless them today in Jesus name amen hey guys stand with us let's let's end our time today worshiping together proclaiming to God that you're giving him your whole heart and trusting him with everything
as we as we end here this morning again happy Mother's Day to your mom uh, we have a little gift as you leave for all ladies uh, you can grab one on your way out just a little devotional we also have a photo booth over to the side as you leave here if you'd like to snap a little selfie with mom you can do that um, just for you guys one quick announcement um, we uh, had ambassador camp in Lake Waccamaw reach out to us and ask if we would be willing to help them get some things together for uh, the summer this year um, so we're thinking about taking a Saturday and heading up and doing some things we need to replace a seawall repair a seawall some uh, pier railing landscaping things like that if you're interested in that you can come talk to me or, or Karen Waldo our missions director and we can get a date for all of you but I want to end uh, here again praying for us again thanking you ladies for who you are God's created you and put you in our lives. So God, we just thank you. We thank you, God, for the gift of, uh, of God, just women and, and how you've created them to be in, in, in biblical women. I pray, God, just your blessings on our ladies here. I pray, God, that you would empower them, Holy Spirit, to live this out for your glory. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We love you. We pray this in your name. God bless you so much. Happy Mother's Day.